0: This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin go ahead and open up your Bibles to the book of Proverbs chapter eight and rest there. And let me just refresh everybody we have been uh, we have embarked on this teaching on ministering to the family, spirit, soul and body, and I believe we started back in I believe it was May with Minister Stinson, uh, and she started off with her, her session on the Spirit. Um, and I know she, she taught on how to being how uh, how to be how how to deal with being married to an unbeliever or an unsaved spouse while staying under God's authority. And then we moved on into the soul session with Minister Martin, who he was dealing with struggles with wrong thoughts and, and depressions in marriage after the newness wears off. And Minister Castile came in and taught about how to handle struggling with midlife crisis and feeling inadequate and, and mental abuse, learning how to control your thoughts and things like that. And so now we've, we've come full circle, back to my portion here. And when I say full circle, it's because I'm going to take us back to the Spirit. You know, we're not, we're not through with the Spirit yet, but we've come full circle. To my portion. And what I'm going to be discussing for the next few weeks, or we're going to be teaching on for the next few weeks, is the role of the Holy Spirit in the family. And of course, Minister Stinson touched on some of this as well, but we're going to need to. To, to bring that back up because it's been since May, I believe, when she when she taught that. So we're going to go over that again, and then once we've, we've discussed that, and we're going to lay that foundation today, then we're going to move into a couple of other questions that we're going to address. Um, the questions that I'm going to address, and you can write these down if you'd like. Um, the first one is, who's responsible to lead in the family, and how should they lead? Who is responsible to lead, and how should they lead? Then we're going to deal with who's responsible to follow. And how should they follow? Now, we're talking about the family, right? So we know some families are just, you know, a, a husband and a wife. There's families with husband, wife, and children. So we're going to deal with these aspects from the husband's perspective, from the wife's perspective, and from the children's perspective. And then we're going we're to look at God's instructions on how to be loving and spiritually balanced and, and not use your, you just, not be spiritually abusive in your family. So we're going to look at God's instructions in the scripture. And it'll shape everything that we're going to be speaking on. And so my title of this message, of course, it's ministering to the family, spirit, soul, and body. But the title of this is Leadership and Submission. And then you could put a little hyphen. That's what I did. Put a little hyphen. I put, not by might and not by power. And again, like I said, we're, we're dealing with, the spirit for a portion of the uh, of this teaching, and we're taking it back to the beginning: leadership and submission, not by might and not by power. So, the first question that I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna address here today is: what is the role of the Holy Spirit in the family? And today is really going to be just basically on that only. We're going to lay this foundation before we move forward into any of those questions. And I do want to remind you as well before we get off into this, you know, we, are, we have a, a open question and answer thing uh, going on with this session so after each session you can submit your questions I believe there's a link on uh, Facebook you can click you can go to our website and find the link as well you can submit any questions that you have and at the end of uh, all of these teaching sessions we will come back and if those questions haven't been answered during these teaching sessions we will address those questions with you. So keep that in mind as we go through these things, as you hear the scriptures, as you hear God's word, and as he, you know, as he convicts you and you have certain questions, write those questions down, send them in, send them through the link, and we'll be more than happy. You know, we'll, we'll get into the word and deal with those questions for you. So now, again, what is the role of the Holy Spirit in the family? That's what we're dealing with today. And I want to remind you that it's individuals that make up the family. So my, my real, the real question is, what is the role of the Holy Spirit in your life? That's my real question because, you know, like I said, God wants to deal with the family as a whole. But in order to deal with the family as a whole, he has to deal with you individually. He comes to us individually. So are we all in Proverbs chapter 8? And I'm going to do a lot of reading. Well, at least this first scripture is going to be a lot of reading here because I want you to understand who the Holy Spirit is. So Proverbs chapter eight and I'm going to start at verse one. And it says, Doth not wisdom cry, and understanding put forth her voice? She standeth I'm sorry, she standeth in the top of high places, by the way in the places of the I'm sorry, by the way in the places of the path, she crieth at the gates, at the entry of the city, at the coming in at the doors. Unto you, O man, I call, and my voice is to the sons of man. O ye simple Understand wisdom And ye fools be ye of an understanding heart Hear for I will speak of excellent things And the opening of my, my lips shall be right things For my mouth shall speak truth And wickedness is an abomination to my lips And remember this is talking about wisdom here It's an abomination to my lips Verse 8 All the words of my mouth are in righteousness There is nothing forward to pervert or perverse in them They are all plain to him that understandeth. And and let me say something about understanding, because people are like, well, I understand that. I get that. Understanding means I'm willing to apply myself to this knowledge. Understanding means you're not going to get understanding until you've walked in it. That means I have to apply this knowledge. So I want you to understand that word as, as we move forward. They are all plain to him that understandeth. And write to him that find knowledge. Receive my instruction, and not silver. And knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. Counsel is mine. Who is our counselor? The Holy Spirit? Counsel counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me, kings reign. And princes decree justice. By me, princes rule, and nobles even, and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Riches and honors are with me, yea, durable riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I lead thee in the way of righteousness, in the midst of the paths of judgment. That I might cause those that love me to inherit substance, and I will fill their treasures. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of His way, before His works of old. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, wherever the earth was. When there was no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills was was I brought forth. While I, while as yet. He had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree that the water should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the foundations of the earth, then I was by him, as one brought up with him. And I was his day, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the. In, I'm sorry, rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth. My delights were with the sons of men. <laughs> now therefore hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise, and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me, what heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. For whoso Whoso findeth me findeth life And shall obtain favor of the Lord You know, and so from reading this passage It, it, it was really amazing to me, right? Because in my, in, my, in my mind, in my heart It started off talking about wisdom You know it, And then next thing you know It started talking about how I was here before, before, before the earth was formed <laughs> I, was here, I was here from the very beginning I was here before the waters were formed. I was here before creation. So, and, and yes, it is talking about wisdom, but it's talking about the very character of God. That's what wisdom is. The very character of God. And it's been with Him from the beginning. It's who God is. And then it says, it says in verse 19, it says, my fruit is better than gold. Now, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, right? And the Holy Spirit is our Counselor. He is our peace, but he also he also causes us to grow and, and and produce fruit, fruit that's better than gold. And so when I started reading these things, I'm like, so is he talking about the Holy Spirit here? Is that what is, is that what's going on here? Is this because if you look on later, it says here, then I was brought up. As one, I'm sorry, verse 30. Then I was by him, as one brought up with him, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the habitable part, habitable part of his earth, and my delights were with the sons of men. He's bringing God's wisdom to the sons of men. That's who we are. His delight was with the sons of men. And then it says, those, what is it, verse 21, it says, that I might cause those that love me to inherit substance. To increase, to grow. Something, listen, something far greater than gold, choice silver. His fruit, substance. So, what I want you to understand is that wisdom, which is knowledge and understanding, that's what facilitates your growth. And that same wisdom that was there with God from the beginning, the very character of God, has now been brought to you by the Holy Spirit. It's He who brings us the knowledge of Christ so that we can increase and grow in who we are in Him. That very same wisdom, that's what it's talking about here. See, God has been concerned with us from the very beginning. He's been concerned with you. He's been concerned with me. He's been concerned with our families from the very beginning. He gave us grace through, the spirit of the, through His Spirit. He gave us joy. Through his spirit. And I say joy because, you know, a lot of people say, well, I just want happiness. I want happiness. Listen, happiness depends on your circumstances. But joy is spiritual, it's something different. Joy is everlasting, it's not circumstantial. So, who is the Holy Spirit? So, I'm here to tell you the Holy Spirit is God's authority in you, He is the wisdom. Of God to you, which caused you to grow in knowledge. In the knowledge of Christ, that you might be effective in all good works. I'm going to say that again. The Holy Spirit is God's authority in you. He is the wisdom of God to you, which causes you to grow into the knowledge of Christ. That you might be effective in all good works. And I'm here to tell you that your family is a good work. It's the, means by, it's the means by which God wants His purpose done in the earth. Your family is a good work. And that work is going to last you a lifetime. And, and when, I, when I came across that in my notes, I just was reminded about, I forget which minister taught it, but the Holy Spirit is with you for a lifetime. So He's given us the Holy Spirit to save our family. He's given us wisdom to save our families so that we can be effective in all good things and all good works. So with that definition, it's safe to say that if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you should always see growth in your life. No matter what, no matter what stage of life you're in, He's going to cause you to inherit substance. He's going to cause you to grow, to increase. Remember what marriage is, right? We have to touch on marriage because this, this marriage is the beginning of the family, right? We have to touch on it again. Marriage is a divine institution created by God, whereby two rational, free moral agents who are born again choose to enter a lifelong commitment to an imperfect person. So if a person is imperfect, needless to say, they must grow constantly. And what is spiritual growth? Because that's what we're going to touch on. Like I said, we're going to lay this foundation of what the spirit is to the family. So what, what is his role? What is spiritual growth? And you can write this down. Spiritual growth is a process through which the believer increases in the knowledge and understanding of their salvation. And we know that. It's a process through which the believer increases in the knowledge and understanding of that salvation. This means not only knowing what salvation is done, but experiencing the changes that occur from it. From allowing the seed of the word of God to abide in you. See, there's one thing to say, yeah, I know who Jesus is, but do you have an understanding of it? Remember when I said understanding, you have to walk in it to understand it. That's what causes you to increase. and to to grow into what Christ has called you to be. So you have to allow the seed of the Word of God to penetrate your heart and take up residence. Abide in you. But in order to get to that place, you have to first recognize where you are. You have to come to a realization of where you are. You have to identify the state you're in and make a a conscious effort to turn from those, those fleshly appetites and turn toward the Spirit. A conscious effort. That's when I say you have to get an understanding. It's not just reading and saying, oh yeah, I know that. No, you have to make a conscious effort to turn from those fleshly appetites and be led by the Spirit. And with wisdom from the Spirit, you're able to put off those old fleshly appetites. You're able to abandon those old fleshly appetites. You're able to put on the new man The character of Christ. See, that's the wisdom. That's the substance that he brings to you. That's the increase that will cause you to grow. And and, and that's what makes you alive to God. (laughs) Once we are alive to God, his word in us, it causes us to grow. Every time when we get the knowledge and it becomes understanding to us, it causes us to grow. And increase when we grow in grace and knowledge. Why? For the family. Remember the context that we're talking about this in, right? But I'm talking to you individually, though. He causes you to grow. So let's talk about let's talk about growth for a little bit here, because I want I want you to understand this. I want you to get. I want you to get this line upon line before we get to those questions. Because I know, you know, we get anxious and like, well, I just want to know this, 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 this. But you have to get an understanding to growth that. So let's talk about growth. Now, as you know, for every living thing, growth is a natural process. It's going to happen. In order for a thing to, to become fruitful, guess what? It has to grow first. It has to grow and increase before it becomes fruitful. The end or the product of growth Is fruitfulness But you have to grow first Let's turn to Matthew chapter 7 Matthew chapter 7 Verse I think I'm going to start at verse 17 Yes Matthew 7 Verse 17 And I'm going to read through verse 21 And this is Jesus speaking. And he says, actually let me start at 16. Because that first statement he makes at 16 is what you need to hear. He says, you shall know them by their fruits. (laughs) Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Now, this is telling you that fruitfulness is the natural order of growth. No matter what, you're going to grow. No matter what the fruit is, you are going to grow. But it's dependent on you and how you're being led. What fruit you will, see, what, what fruit will show up. What are you growing into? And the fruit tells you what seed you're of. You shall know them by the fruit. And I'm going to tell you this. There's an expectation of those that are His. Those that are sealed by His Spirit. There's an expectation of fruit. Let's, let's walk this through. Let's go to Matthew 21. Because there is an expectation. And this is Jesus with the fig tree. We're going to start at verse 18. And it says, Now in the morning, as he returned into the city hungered, and when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it, and found nothing thereon but leaves only. And said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforward forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. Now, And when the, I'm sorry, and when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if ye have faith, and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye, if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, I shall be done. Now, the fig tree. Jesus came to this fig tree, expecting what? Figs. He came looking for figs. He came expecting to be fed. He came expecting to be ministered to. He was expecting the first fruits of this fig tree. He, and, and guess what? He knew it was season for it. He knew he, this, this, this. When he saw the leaves, he was like, "It's time for this to be in season. There should be fruit coming from this fig tree." It should have grown by now to fruitfulness. And that's how he knew it. He saw leaves on it. And, and you know, that, that spoke to me as well because, you know, there's an, out, there's an outward appearance that you can have of fruit, you know, just like the fig tree. But, you know, when you, when you go to it and you examine it, you'll see, but there's no fruit of that here. If it's a fig tree, it should have figs on it. And Jesus was looking for fruit in its season. And again, like I said, instead of fruit, he found leaves only. And, you know, Christ comes to many of us. And there's a time where we have been growing and there should be fruit seen. An expectation of fruit. And you know what really, you know, and this is one of the first time I really caught this in this scripture. You know, it says, he told the tree, be fruitful no more. And what the, the amazing thing about that is, is his first commandment to us was, be fruitful. But he told this fig tree, be fruitful no more. And, and from that, I learned these two things. Dead things don't have anything to give, and dead things won't grow. But, you have he quickened. See, we were once dead in our trespasses and sin. But you have he quickened. It's by his grace are we saved through faith. For that is the gift, it is the gift of God. And I love how Minister Stinson named hers, uh, faith working through love. And I want you to remember how faith comes. It comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That means that the beginning, the progress, the fortification of your faith are by hearing. That's why it's called the word of faith. It gives birth to and it nourishes your faith. So when the seed of the, of the word of God has been planted, there's an expectation of fruit. Fruit that's pleasing to God. Fruit that might abound to you on, for, on a good account for you. Righteousness. And that is your spiritual growth. Uh, let me, I'm going to break it down even further. Let me see if I can explain it naturally. We're going to talk about growth naturally here. Let me see if I can explain it. So when you're born, when you're conceived, natural growth begins. You give the body the necessary food, you give it the necessary exercise, the necessary sleep that it requires for it to grow into maturity. Same thing with your mental growth. You have to give the, body the, the your mind the necessary learning, education, and things of that nature for your mind to grow to maturity. And then here's the thing about that as well. It's possible to be physically mature and not mentally. Those things are independent of each other. It's the same thing with your spiritual growth. At your salvation, when you're conceived, your spiritual growth begins. Just as the natural, just as the natural depends on your food, your exercise, your sleep, your mental, depends on your, your learning, your education, your, your spirit man, your conviction, your standard, it all depends on the Word of God. That is your growth. Listen, your ability to be led by the Spirit depends on the Word of God. You think about natural bodies, how they fail shortly, because you don't give the body what it needs. If it's the same thing with your spirit, man. If he's not getting what it needs, he's malnourished. Not healthy. Now you're able to believe the wrong things about God. I think about when Minister Sinclair was teaching about, you know, those that use the word as an occasion to the flesh. That's because your spirit, man, is not healthy. You believe the wrong things. So that means if you're not constantly feeding your spirit with his word, it's possible to be born again, but not growing and increasing the fruitfulness. So, with the remaining of the time that I have left here, I want to I discuss a few stages. And, and there's really only four or really three stages after you've come into the knowledge of Christ. But I'm going to give you four stages of spiritual growth and development that will be in the lives of individuals. And I want everyone to understand. I don't want any misconceptions. I want everybody to realize where they are. So take inventory. Take out today when we go through these different stages because, let me tell you, you're going to fall into one of these stages. And once we figure out what stage we're in spiritually, then we're going to go on and answer those questions. Well then, who's responsible to lead? How should they lead? Who's responsible to follow? But first, we need to identify where we are. So, the first one, I say it's spiritually discerned. Or cut off spiritually from God. And that's either by choice or... Because they have yet to hear or receive the gospel message. And I'm not really going to touch on this much in my teaching. Because Minister Stinson touched on this. How to be married to an unbeliever. And how to... and how. Minister Stinson... So if you haven't... Listen, go back to May. Go to Facebook. Or go to YouTube. And scroll back to May. And find all those teachings. She touched on this. But that's the first stage. Now these next three stages I'm going to touch on. And the second stage... It's babies. Newborn infants. Just born again and new to life in Christ. And what do babies need? Milk. They need the sincere milk of the word. Uh, now, Now milk, what that is, that's something you have to have that helps you grow before you can move on to meat. It's the beginning teachings of Christ. You know, repentance, faith toward God, doctrine of baptism, eternal judgment, the laying on of hands, the beginning teachings of Christ. And you will not be able to move forward until you, are, you have an understanding of those. Remember, until you're walking in the beginning teachings of Christ. Newborn babes. Like 1 like Peter says, just as newborn babes, you must desire the sincere milk of the word. Same with natural babies. They desire the nourishment. Why? Because they're trying to grow. And, and that's the thing about babies, you know. To me, you know, they're, they're even, they're more well off in the next stage, and we'll get there. Because babies, like, like natural babies, they want to be by their parents. They want to be close to their father. They want to, just like spiritual babies, they want to be close to God. They're, they're, so, they're on fire, and they want to stay right where they are. They want to make sure that they're walking and learning the things that they need to so that they can grow. They're searching after God. They're searching after that nourishment. So usually, like I said, babies stick close to home. It's amazing, you know, to me how, you know, when I run into new believers and things like that, how more steadfast they seem than somebody who's been there for a long, long time. It's because they have a desire for the sincere milk of the word. But it's not until we move on to this next stage where things start to get this next stage is called children. (laughs) Or, i I put it like this, a carnal or childish believer. This one who thinks that they're grown, they're still a baby that refuses to grow up. Still a baby that refuses to. They won't grow up. They think they're ready for the meat but haven't walked in the milk yet they got the leaves they got the fig leaves but there's no figs They're, these are the ones that say yeah I, I know who Jesus is I know what he's done for me yeah but have you received it have you have you begun to walk in it listen you can go to somebody who's not a, 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 a professed Christian and they'll say oh yeah you're talking about Jesus the one that said he died that, that died for us they can say I know I know that too We're talking about one that has walked in it. But they won't grow up. And like I said, the tree can look right from the outside, but you shall know them by their fruit. And you think of children, right? That's why I call it children. You think of a minor child. And in God's eyes, a minor child is not able to reproduce. Give me, there are some minor children that reproduce. I'm talking naturally now. But in God's eyes, they're not able to because that's against his word. That's against, so you think of a child, you're not able to reproduce fruit yet. You may think you are. You may think you're older than you are. You may think you're more mature than you are. Just because you're more mature physically, but your mind hasn't caught up to it. Just like I said with spiritually, you've accepted the word, but you've yet to walk in it. You've yet to increase or grow to fruitfulness. See, a childish or a carnal believer, they lack understanding. They lack self-control. You know, I was thinking about these things, you know, self-control. You think of a child, there was a, I guess it's like an experiment or whatever they do. They have a a child where they say, they set like a donut hole in front of the child and say, I'm going to leave this here for five minutes in front of you. And they'll leave the room and say, if you don't touch this, you're going to get five of them. And as soon as they leave the room, nine times out of ten, that donut hole is gone. No self-control. That's the same thing spiritually. You know, when the, when the eyes are off of you, you know, you, you have no self-control. No integrity. Lack, lack, lack discipline. Lack commitment. And, and, and when you think you can hide it, you know, you, well, I'm committed, I come to church. There's things, you know, there's things that show up in your life naturally that show that you're not committed. Because if you're not a committed... Remember, all your commitments flow through God. So if you're not committed, it'll show up in everything. It'll show up in work. It'll show up in your marriage. It'll show up in any little thing. I think if if you're not committed, if you're a musician, it'll show up in the way you play instruments. You can... Listen... as a a drummer I can carry a stick bag and have all the sticks with me but that doesn't make you one that doesn't show your commitment childish the carnal believer refusing to grow readily giving in to the lust of their flesh still you see, you go from this stage where you were always given in to lust of your flesh. Now you desire the sincere milk of the word and you think you know it and then now you're at this point where I'm back here giving in to the lust of my flesh again because I haven't I haven't walked in the sincere milk of the word. I haven't allowed it to take hold of me so that I can grow and increase the fruitfulness. They've yet They've yet to learn to make their fleshy desires yield to the will of God. Their focus is still on how faith toward God works for me. What can I get out of faith towards God? And let me tell you, that's, that's common in the early life of a, of a believer. What does it mean for me? That's why so many are, are pulled away when they hear things like, well, now you have the favor of God and you can claim this and you can have this and that because you're looking what faith toward God can do for me. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's not what it's about. Faith towards God is, it is for you, but it's not for you to be looking for what is for you. I don't know if you caught that. I'm sorry. It is for you. Trust me. But it's for you for a purpose. These are the ones that are preoccupied with the cares of this world. I, you know, Pastor was right on point when she sent the, the parable of swords this past week. You know, these are the ones that let the, 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 the thorns choke out the word and they're pulled every way, every which way. Because, there's, listen, you haven't walked in the sincere milk of the word. You've yet to, to realize that that old man has been crucified. And you no longer live to self. Like I said, faith towards God is is not not about you. It's not about you looking for what God can do for you. But we have to allow our spirits to command our flesh. Command our soul. And when I say flesh, let me clear this up for you too. Because a lot of people have said, you know, We, you know, this is our flesh. The flesh are those soulless appetites. Those appetites that remain in your soul. That work, that try to work themselves out until you see it in the physical. That's what your flesh is. It's what remains in the soul. That's why you have to command your soul by your spirit. But if there's no word in it, your spirit man is malnourished and you can't command your soul. And guess what? Your soul is going to do exactly what it used to do. It's with the heart that man believes unto righteousness. Which means there's going to have to be some action behind it. If you believe something in your heart, then there's going to have to be some life-changing action. Commitment. Like I said, listen, if, if you believe, let, let's, let's take it to the natural, if you're a believing musician, guess what? You've got to walk like a musician. That means there's going to be practice. Practice. There's going to be times that you don't want to, but you push yourself. Let, let's make it, let's change it to something else. Uh, Eric just graduated yesterday. Four years ago, he was just believing that he's a college graduate. But he's a graduate now. But you, those four years, guess what he did? He walked like a college graduate. He went to class. He studied. He put those things down in him that he needed to learn. That's Believing. It changes your walk. Believing changes your walk. In Ephesians 4 verse 14 it says, That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with, with every wind of doctrine by the sight of man. See, that's when we grow, it's, it's because he wants us to get us, you can be babes for a little while, but you have to grow up. And he doesn't want us to be children. When I was a child, I did childish things. You have to put away those childish things. Like I said, you have to make a conscious effort to turn away from those fleshly appetites. Because if you don't, those fleshly appetites remain in your soul. And if you're not washing and renewing your mind and and, and washing your soul, guess what? They're going to show forth. And so much, you can, you can hide behind the leaves for so long, but it's going to show forth eventually when somebody comes to look at the fruit and it's not going to be a fig. So we're not to be children tossed to and fro. A childish believer that's, that's easily pulled away from God. By their flesh. Let me tell you, your flesh always wants to do what's natural to it. It always wants to do what, what's instinctual. And, and let me help you what that is. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft. Y'all know the scripture. And they that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. There won't be any figs on you. At that day, he's going to say, be fruitful no more. But thank God for his grace right now. And that's the very reason why we we must turn from those fleshly appetites. Why? Because we want to inherit the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God. And as a believer, the kingdom of God has come to your heart. And we know that the kingdom of heaven is righteousness. That's the fruit. Peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God is where Jesus Christ the King reigns. Not where your fleshly, fleshly appetites reign. That's the kingdom of this world. Which we know is coming to an end. So I have to grow up. I have to put away those childish things. That's growing up. This I say then. Walk in the spirit. And you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The scripture says it another way. Work out your own salvation. With fear and trembling. Let me move on here. Whew, that time. So number four, the next stage. And again, remember what I told you. I hope y'all are taking inventory and categorizing because I want you to realize where I am. Number four, the perfect man. Now, let me say it differently. The mature man. who is this mature man? This is one who's walking in the sincere milk of the word and has moved on to the meat of the word. What is the meat of the word? The meat of the word has to do with learning to walk in the purpose of Christ. Being devoted to the cause of Christ and selling out to his purpose. I'm going to say that again. The meat of the word has to do with learning to walk in the purpose of Christ. Being devoted to the cause of Christ and selling out to his purpose. The meat of the word, it does totally opposite of that. that child is thinking. It takes us away from those carnal desires of self. Remember I told you, faith towards God, yes it's for you, but it's not for you like that. It brings us to a place where we can be fruitful and a blessing to others. Others like, you, like who? Who? I'm going to bring you back to what Minister Spencer Minister said. Like your neighbor. Who's your neighbor? Your spouse is your neighbor. Your family is your neighbor. You think of a fruit tree, right? Have you ever seen a fruit tree eat its own fruit? You don't see that. The fruit off the tree is for someone else. That's the meat of the word. You're he's not, he's not getting the fruit of the Spirit so that you can just, just just enjoy it for yourself. It's for somebody else. It's for your neighbor. That means here's the growth process, right? And this is this will tell you the heart of our pastor. Here's the growth process. As a baby, it's upward. As a child, it's inward. And then when you grow to the mature man, it's outward. When there's fruit to give, it's outward. When you've grown and increased to maturity, you know, after doing all the processes and things that you need to grow, like giving your spiritual nourishment, that fruit goes outward. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 13 through 16, and I actually just mentioned verse 14 here earlier, but verse 13 it says, "Till we all come in the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, that's that mature man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the sight of man and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies. Let me tell you If you don't have fruit to someone else to give to someone else, you can't be a joint that supplies. But it's telling you right here, we're to grow so that every joint can supply, so your fruit is not for you. That's the reason we must facilitate our growth with knowledge and understanding, with wisdom from the Holy Spirit. So that every joint supplies. Why? Because God has a purpose for us here. God has an end game. It's not about you. That is the unity of, unity of the faith, working through love. And what is love? It's the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. I, I love that. Against such, there is no law. That means you can never have too much love, you can never have too much meekness, you can never have too much joy. You can never be too good. You can never be too kind. These are the fruits of the Spirit. And the mature man is always looking for ways to give of themselves to others. And the best place to start doing that is your own home. But remember listen, it doesn't matter if you're a babe, it doesn't matter if you're a child. It doesn't matter if you're walking the road to maturity, the Holy Spirit's with you for a lifetime, so your growth never stops. (laughs) And your spiritual growth is dependent on the right diet. And if it isn't it isn't a diet prescribed by God, like I said before, your spirit man is malnourished. But there's hope. (laughs) So I am out of time. What I want you to do is go back to your notes. Take inventory, be honest with yourself, because we want growth. See what stage you're in, and then look at these next questions, what we're going to address, and next week's probably just going to be this one in the family, who's responsible to lead and how should they lead? And we know as believers, the husband is the head of the home, but what if my husband is a babe? I Minister mean, Stinson already did on what if my husband is is uh, spiritually discerned or not a believer. What if they're a babe? What if I'm on the road to maturity and my wife is a, is a babe? Or vice versa? We're going to discuss and handle all of those things next week. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.